You're listening to Apolitical Politics, where we discuss the ins and outs of Oregon politics without being political. I'm your host, Dwayne Stark. Today's episode is bipartisanship and bill sponsorship with special guest Karn Power of Oregon State Representative from House District 41, Milwaukee, Oregon. Hey, Karn, how you doing? Or sorry, Representative Power, how are you today? I'm great, Rep Stark. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you so much for being on. And so if you will, give us just a quick background on, you know, how did you rise to your position of, as, of being Oregon State Representative of House District 41? Can, tell us a little bit about you. Mm-hmm. I moved to Milwaukee uh, and immediately got involved in my neighborhood association and a couple other volunteer opportunities around the city. Um, when a city council spot opened up, I ran. Um, and so that's what I did first for my district. I was a local elected official. And I was the city councilor who was in charge of helping to get our library bond passed and helped to get a couple parks underway uh, and was on our wastewater commission. So when our state representative position opened up, um, I was really excited about running because my district crosses both parts of Southeast Portland and North Clackamas. They agree politically and uh, I think geographically on some parties, but not everything. And it's just a really interesting district to represent. So I ran for the first time when I was pregnant with our first kid. And it has been just such an honor to represent our community ever since. So I've been here five years. years. You're in your third term, correct? Mm -hmm. I am. Great. Halfway through your third term. So when you started out, were you, was it on your to-do list to make it to the Oregon legislature? Oh, gosh, no. I just thought, uh, as a city councilor, I saw so many things I wished we could accomplish and so many funding needs. And I thought, wow, the state legislature has so much money. I should go run for that so I can help make a bigger difference in my community. What was your day job at the time? Um, my day job was as a nonprofit environmental attorney, and I did that up and until early or midway through last year. So they were uh, incredibly supportive and flexible about allowing me to go part time when we were in session, uh, and then return to full time work uh, when we're out of session. From your perspective, what does it mean to reach across the aisle and be bipartisan? What, what does bipartisanship look like? I think bipartisanship for me means really three things, and I'd recommend them to anybody who's new to doing this work or even interested in being a local uh, elected official at any level. First, something I learned from my city council days, talk and sit down and get to know the people who disagree with you. We all approach our work through our professional and personal experiences, our upbringing, our community's values, um, and what the community wants us to work on. And I have found that setting a respectful example of recognizing that those differences make us stronger together if we work um, to communicate openly about why we're trying to achieve the things we're trying to achieve for our communities, that sets a really great tone and a level of trust that we're trying to show up with our full selves for our districts and our communities when we disagree to not make it personal. 
I think the second is I try to learn who behind the scenes is making this work possible. So for me, that was as a freshman legislator sitting down with our nonpartisan staff who support our work, regardless if you're a Democrat or Republican or an independent, helping to understand their professional background, their role in the legislature, how they prefer to work with us makes our overall work run much more smoothly and helps our offices run more smoothly. And it helps, it helps me to get a deeper sense of what we ask of them, both in volume of work and level of detail, um, and how to help work together so that they're succeeding in providing uh, the level of expertise that this legislature requires for the important work that we do. And I think lastly is, and something I really miss, is getting to know each other on a personal basis. You know, odds are we have things that we both love, you know, that each of us love that we probably have more in common than not. You know, I think before the pandemic, for example, when the Portland Thorns won uh, their championship, we had a couple members down to celebrate their win. And Rep Bonham and I commiserated that we love cheering on live soccer games. And I know Rep Helms fishing photo contest is a perennial favorite because it allows us to give, you know, a snapshot of the kinds of things and activities that we do with our families on the weekends, our hobbies. Uh, and I think that's really important because, you know, we're still people, even though we have really important jobs. And I submit the same picture every single year for Rep Helms fishing contest, and I, <laughs> I never win, but I think it should win. So some, one of these years, it's going to it's going to win. By the way, I love those points. So you, you talked about, you know, reaching out to the other side, the staff and relationships. I had actually never really thought about that with the staff. No, I, I've done that in the past, but I hadn't thought about the importance in reaching out to the non or the, yeah, the nonpartisan staff to get to know them and the, the functioning of things so that you can see it from a nonpartisan viewpoint. I, I appreciate that. I remember when I first came in, one of the things I did was I tried to figure out who on the other side most likely to be the furthest from me as far as on a political spectrum. And then I went to that individual to see what we could work on together. And by the mm -hmm. way, that wasn't you. That, that was not you. So one of the reasons I wanted to do this interview with you about bipartisanship, though, is that a couple of years ago, you and I worked on a bill together, and we don't need to talk about the specifics of that bill, but we managed to get 90 chief and co-sponsors on this bill, you know, so 30 in the, in the Senate, 60 in the House, and that was super important. And I was hoping that you could kind of discuss a little bit, what does it mean to have bipartisanship on a bill? And give, tell us a little bit the difference between being a chief sponsor of a bill and a regular sponsor of a bill. Well, I want to underscore to your listeners that we accomplished that in a short session. It wasn't even a long session. We had a short amount of time to get all of our colleagues. And then you helped to commemorate that momentous feat by uh, giving me a copy of the official bill as enrolled, signed by all of the folks who need to sign it and framed. And it is the top thing on my bookshelf in my office. Um, oh, well, reminds, Yeah. Well, it was such a a kind gesture. You and I had not worked together on a particular piece of legislation super closely beforehand. It was, it reminds me that when we're open to hearing each other's stories, we find things that are meaningful. Um, and this was one that was meaningful to both of us in different ways. And I think as people, we crave that kind of level of understanding 
and shared effort and feeling that we're working on something that is bigger than ourselves. And I, to get 90 legislators to sign on, you know, I have not seen that really happen since. I think it speaks to the level of communication and effort. And I think you told me there was one holdout and you kindly pointed out to them that they would be the only holdout and they quickly changed their mind. <laughs> yes, I did have to do that. And I won't even say which party that was. And I, I appreciate that. And man, the importance of relationships for things to be bipartisan. And, and that's what the, the memento afterwards is all about, the, the relationships and working together, even if you don't see eye to eye on things. So if you will, you know, tra- transition to the, what's the chief sponsor versus a regular sponsor? And why does that matter? Um, you know, it can, choosing to be a chief sponsor or to be added as a chief sponsor, being added as a regular sponsor, sometimes is the purview of the sponsoring entity or the organization or the people behind the bill concept. And sometimes it's up to the legislature or legislators working on it. Um, at times, you know, organization may come forward and have certain chief sponsors that sit on the relevant policy or budget committees that they'd like to have at the top of the bill to make sure that everybody's staying on the same page about the details and communicating it about. And other times you may want to have like a couple colleagues work with you on a a bill that you know is going to be important to them. It helps you track it as it moves throughout the bill process. I think many of us will sign on as a regular sponsor to a bill and idea, either as it moves out of committee while it's in our committee, our respective policy committees or budget committees, or as um, it comes to the floor to show that we support or agree with an idea. Yeah, I find sometimes there's just as much value in having a pretty technical or esoteric thing not need a lot of attention and not have a ton of sponsors to mill us through because that means less people who need to testify in committee and support. It can, yes, the whole reasons behind it can range the gamut from intentional to just, you know, finding an idea that your colleague had brought and you think it's great, so you decided to sign on. Have you had any sort of, or do you have any sort of strategy as to, you know, you always try to get X number of R's and D's on it or bicameral or anything along those lines, anything specific that this is, this is my goal when I put a bill through to show that it's bipartisan? Oh, that's a great, that's a great question. My personal approach is to make sure that at least someone in both parties and both chambers is aware of the idea so I can get their feedback on it and just, uh, you know, a, a take or to communicate any questions that have come up about the bill or any sticking points we might run into. You know, I know that's not possible on all policy ideas, but having that, um, you know, just the opportunity to brainstorm and share updates is really helpful because our workload can be so significant during session that I don't, I try not to surprise people. I think that's my my general uh, approach to finding sponsors and co-sponsors. And then if there's a senator or representative who works on a particular policy area regularly, I'll go find them since odds are they're going to have thoughts on it anyway and make sure that they are comfortable with the approach that I'm suggesting in my policy bill. That's how I tend to approach it. I don't know how you do it. I kind of mimic the the initial where you mentioned bipartisan and bicameral as far as getting people on the bill. If possible, assuming it's a a bipartisan idea, 
then if I can get a Republican and a Democrat from each chamber, then that's always my goal. And, and had decent success in doing that. Without being uh, political in this answer, I, I did, sorry, I didn't really prep you for this one, but is there any ever a time where you wouldn't want someone specifically, wouldn't want someone to sign on to a bill? Like, why would you not want a different member? And I'm not asking for any specific, you know, exam. I, I'm not, I don't want you to tell me about any specific member. I'm just saying, is there a time where it's not beneficial to a bill for somebody to sign on to it? Uh, I think I would never dissuade somebody from signing on who wants to. I think signing on indicates that you're committed to a level of collaboration and support. So one of my personal, just my personal ethos in doing this job is not to file hostile amendments to our colleagues' bills as a surprise or otherwise. If I'm signing on in support of a concept and and I hear from a stakeholder that there's an issue with it. You know, I want the original bill sponsor to take the lead on thinking that through because also they have more policy experience and have been researching and working on the subject area well in advance of our session. I think that's just a sign of respect for the subject areas that we take on in policies. You know, obviously if I know somebody's going to disagree with the policy idea, I'm probably not going to go seek them out to sign on to it. Don't think it'd be a fruitful yeah. conversation for either party. Right. That's fair. That's fair. So, and again, that it wasn't meaning to catch you off guard with, with that question. I was just thinking of a once upon a time when somebody asked me if they could sign on and I, I said I would rather not, but that individual was caught up in a whole bunch of controversies at the time. Mm -hmm. and And so I didn't want that controversy to overflow into a bill that was not controversial. Love this stuff. Love the idea of bipartisanship being about reaching out to the other side, about reaching out to the staff and about the relationships. Um, and so is there any final thoughts that you want to share with, with me or anyone that would, would be listening regarding sponsoring a bill or bipartisanship? I think it's so – the thing that I'm looking forward to having again is the ability to have personal conversations about, you know, who we are as legislators, who our staff are, you know, the kinds of teams that we build and the examples we're trying to set for our community. I, you know, as a freshman legislator, one of the things I thought was the neatest was, was that um, different organizations would invite groups of legislators out across the state on Fridays when we didn't have committee and floor um, or on the weekends to come learn a little bit about their subject area. That helped me in learning how to approach issues and learning what it meant to be bipartisan and just a huge lear uh, learning opportunity in general. That's, I don't know about you, that's one of my favorite things about this job. Somebody is always coming in with more information than you have about a, an area or an issue or something they're super passionate about. And it's, the opportunity to learn a little bit of something new every day means that I never get sick of it. You know, it, it's never the same every day. I really miss the ability to go out and meet people where they are and see what their life is like and see why they care about what they care about and be able to bring that back into the building. So, you know, there's nothing like riding a bus, you know, with a bunch of legislators out to a particular location to learn about something, 
gives us opportunity to talk with each other in a less formal environment outside of the Capitol. It's that kind of stuff I miss that I'm looking forward to getting back to uh, this year and next year. Thanks for listening. For more apolitical politics, check out apoliticalpolitics.org or dwaynestark.org.